Warning, Weird West Radio contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. to Weird West Radio on Rayman Digital, Rayman Digital's exclusive Western show where we discuss comic books, movies, TV shows, you name it, we'll do it as long as it's Western themed. I am Michael Flores, your host, and in the studio with me today is Clint. Hello, Clint. Howdy ho. All right. So we have been away for a while catching up on life. But we're here. We are here to do a show today on Western films. All of the latest Western movies and TV shows coming out. We have it all. And we're going to discuss it, share our thoughts. Some, I don't want to be negative because, Clint, what we want is more Western content. However, mm-hmm. you know, you take the good with the bad, right? We are getting more finally. But then there's a few things where I'm like, mm-hmm, I don't know if I like that idea. We've said in the past, the the best thing to do, especially if it's out in a theater, go see it. Even if the critics, you or I, don't like it, go see it for yourself. Let yeah. Hollywood know you're still willing to go to a theater and see a Western. Because the more times, the more money they see, it, they're kind of bringing in. They're going to be more apt to sign sign over and, and make another film. So we got to keep it going. For sure. And I'm surprised that Amazon and Hulu, they have not gotten into the whole Western game yet. I mean, Netflix has put out at least, what, three or four original pieces already uh, within the last five years. Um, Various studios are putting out things, but all the other streaming services, even the cable providers. I mean, HBO recently released the, um, the Deadwood conclusion. The Deadwood movie gave us that closure to that amazing tv show that we've all been wanting for years but outside of that the cable the premium cable channels and our streaming services they're just like putting up the middle finger it seems like to westerns am i right oh yeah and the one thing i you know i haven't had it for a while but does encore still have the western channel yes they still have encore westerns which they kind of overplay the same (laughs) yeah stuff over and over and it kind of gets a little old and which is bizarre to me because the library is literally endless when it mm. comes to Western films and Western TV shows. And yet they have a, a catalog or a schedule of programs that if you sit there for about two days, chances are you've seen it all already. And they don't 
change up the scheduling for at least another month, sometimes two, sometimes three. So I kind of gave up on Encore Westerns, and that's sad. And that right there, they should be ashamed of them of themselves because Encore Westerns should be leading the charge. How do we not have, in this day and age, how do we not have Western, original, an original Western television show spearheading the programming on Encore Westerns? Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. That makes absolutely no sense. You have sci-fi streaming services. You have DC comic streaming services. You have Marvel streaming services. And what do they do? The first thing they do is they launch their brand, their specific brand, like with the, the Disney streaming service. What do they launch their service with? With a Star Wars TV series. And then you have the same thing being done with the DC streaming service. They launch their own specific brand or niche that fits with their streaming platform, their brand. But here we are with Encore Westerns. It's it, they might as well just fucking close it down. <laughs> they do nothing with it. Yep. Now I'm angry. Now I'm angry. Well, Why'd I'm you have to bring I, up that fu- shit channel? Yeah. <laughs> Two minutes in. Here we go. Yeah. All right. So let's talk some positive news here. Western thriller Hell on the Border, starring Frank Grillo, Ron Perlman, and David Jassy is coming very, very soon. Uh, The Flickering Myth is delighted to exclusively unveil the first trailer for the Hell on the Border, the new Western action thriller starring David Jassy uh, from Carnival Row as Bass Reeves. And that's the gimmick right there. This is the character that was allegedly, allegedly, the fictitious Lone Ranger was based on. Uh, In history, Bass Reeves was the first American, African-American deputy U.S. Marshal west of the Mississippi River and um, was very iconic. And yet, because our nation, unfortunately, has a kind of a not kind of does have a bit of a a shady (laughs) past, his legacy kind of got swept under the rug and never really hit history books. And because of that, people have never really realized or taken notice that this guy is just as iconic as someone, let's say, Wyatt Earp, you know, Wild Bill. Bass Reeves should be right there. I mean, this guy has what, allegedly over 3000 arrests under Mm -hmm. his belt. He was a fucking badass. Yeah. And I think part of the the mythos is because he could kind of go in as a, a slave. And that's how, or a, a runaway slave, whatever, mm-hmm. what have you. And that's kind of where the masked man came from. I th- I believe the Lone yeah. Ranger kind of, I don't know what you call it, the 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 iconic Lone Ranger scheme. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that's pretty cool about that is, I th- if I remember right, it was somebody around that time worked for a studio and kind of came up with this whole Lone Ranger idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what's kind of cool to me is I think you and I have discussed it over and over yeah. that definitely like when we saw the new Magnificent Seven, Denzel Washington would play a great uh, Bass Reeves. Bass Reeves, excuse yeah. me. And, and, you know, the more we dig into it, the more we see that 
he definitely Bass Reeves needed something. We've seen him on documentaries. They've done that gunslingers uh, television show and stuff like that. And then you, you watch that and how well they did it. And you go, we, it's, it had to be time for a film to come out about it because it, it is iconic. And it's unfortunate that's been kind of pushed to the side to all these other Western icons because he's a big, big deal. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, allegedly, in addition to being a marksman with a rifle, an excellent marksman with a rifle and pistol, Reeves developed this superior detective skills during his long career. Uh, when he retired in 1907, Reeves claimed to have arrested over 3,000 felons. Oh, wow. So this guy is one of those legendary icons of the old West. So it's nice to see that something's finally coming out of this legacy and in the form of course uh, of a Western. Now this epic action packed Western tells the incredible true story of Bass Reeves, uh, the first black marshal in the wild West having escaped from slavery after the civil war, he arrives in Arkansas seeking a job with the law to prove himself, he must hunt down a deadly outlaw, Frank Grillo, with the help of a grizzled journeyman, Ron Perlman. As he chases the criminal deeper, the criminal deeper into the Cherokee Nation, Reeves must not only dodge bullets, but severe discrimination in hopes of earning his star and cement his place as a cowboy legend. I mean, it sounds interesting. I do like it, and I definitely do not want them to shy away from from the racist aspect of the old mm-hmm. West. That's something that I'm a stickler for. And I know sometimes nowadays, not sometimes almost all the time we have this new thing where we don't want to hurt people's feelings. And then we end up churning out revisionist history and we oversimplify or we defang history and mm-hmm. what it actually was. And that was one of my problems with um, the magnificent seven. With Denzel Washington, the dude is a badass, absolutely, but he's a black dude in the old West, and they just ignored it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just eh, he's a black dude. No, that's not how it would be. Well, I think that's just not how thing, it would be, especially for that film. I think all it really was was just a shoot 'em up. I get it. Yeah, you know, kind yeah. of a just a popcorn movie thing. Now, if they did that with a a biopic. Right. It'd be hell to pay. I think both of you and I would have like an hour field day on how terrible (laughs) that whole idea would be. Yeah. Because I mean, that alone is just literary ingredients for a great film. If you were Mm. to add, I mean, think about how you can use that as just character motivation and development. So I'm glad to hear that's going to be a big, big part of this movie. My only issue with this is I can't believe it's not getting more press and it may be because it is a indie film it does have relatively two big names Frank Grillo is a big name these days he's the lead in the last few uh, Purge films uh, he's also uh, played the, the baddie in various Marvel films uh, and then of course Ron Perlman we all know the work mm-hmm. he's done but uh, this isn't exactly a world gripping cast right. this isn't denzel washington this isn't say christian bale this no, isn't kevin costner it's sometimes we get we we find these movies 
and they actually turn out to be something that you know you just can't live without being in your DVD collection. No, I so agree. That, that's what I'm kind of hoping for because it is kind of a mix match mm-hmm. actors, you know. And I just use Denzel Washington as because I thought he kind of acted the Bass Reeves part in Magnificent Seven. So I kind of like the idea of taking somebody who isn't super well known. You know, I don't know how you would describe that, like a like a Denzel Washington, right? You know, it's like Tom Hanks playing Mister Rogers, right? It, it, it's stupid. <laughs> so it's, that to me is, I kind of like the idea of a uh, kind of a no name, or I shouldn't even say no name, but a less known actor it, no, playing yeah, somebody right. famous, not a household name. Yeah, and I agree with you. And I don't need an A list celebrity to be in my western or any of my movies. In fact, a lot of the movies I are I'm typically drawn to is more the indie films, anyways. So I'm fine with that. I think. In the case of a Western, I'm just greedy and I want it to be acknowledged. And I know that if they have those household names, more people will go to the theater and see sure. it. Yeah. And I think that's the only reason why I'm saying, you know, it would have been nice to have some really big names in this. Mm-hmm. Now, this film is set to be released in just a couple weeks on demand and theatrically. So I suggest everyone to get their asses out of their home and go see this film when it's released Friday, December 6th. Courtesy of Lionsgate. So it's a pretty good studio as well, which actually makes sense for Frank Grillo to be involved because they're also, I believe, nope, scratch that. They're not involved with uh, with the Purge <laughs> films. All right, next bit of news, and I'm torn when it comes to this, and I know you might be excited. Now, you and I, Clint, Mm -hmm. I know I am. I'm a huge Zorro fan, huge. Love Zorro, the mythos. It's just so rich. It's been around forever. What is over 100 years now of Zorro? It's It's a property with history, and it's had its ups and downs. It's had its very hokey silly moments but then it's had its serious moments and in this day and age we should be getting a lot more of the serious stuff in my opinion and there and zorro is having a bit of a resurgence we have allegedly a post-apocalyptic zorro film coming out i don't know if that has been mothballed but as of now it's still greenlit still a go then we have the django versus zorro Produced by Tarantino that was announced maybe six, seven months ago. Mm-hmm. Now we have a female-led Zorro reboot set at CBS TV studios as part of the first look deal with Ben Silverman's Propagate. Now, I don't have a problem. I think a lot of people immediately assume that my issue is that this is a female-led Zorro flick. And um, that's kind of the general consensus I got based on comments on my tweets and Facebook post has nothing to do with it being a female-led Zorro film. Uh, the Lady Zorro, which was introduced, what, mid-2000s in a comic book. Um, also, besides that, there's been other film iterations of the past that have had a female Zorro. I'm okay with that. That's fine. That makes perfect sense. I don't like that they're turning this into a contemporary TV show. This isn't in the Old West. This takes place in a community where the descendant mm. 
of Zoro decides to help her community. It just yeah. sounds stupid. It yeah. sounds uncreative. It doesn't sound very innovative. And I think if anything, it's just going to nail. It's going to put a nail in the coffin of the Zoro franchise. It's like, up oh, here's another nail, another dud. And people are going to associate Zoro with this abomination. Now, if it comes <laughs> out, if it comes out and it's great, then I will gladly, you know, eat my words and run around the studio naked saying I was wrong. And you can smack me in the ass and chase after me. Collect. Yeah. I'm, I'm giving. Yeah. yeah celebrate. No, I, be happy it, about that. Yeah. I, I, I'm just imagining, hoping that this is the greatest thing on earth. <laughs> you and me both. Now, yeah. CBS TV studios is in development on a female led reboot of Zorro as part of a first look deal. Uh, the production company run by Ben Silverman and Howard Owens. The first look agreement covers scripted projects from Propagate as well as its subsidiaries, Electus and Big Breakfast across all platforms. Okay, those Zorro reimagining will be written and executive produced by Alfredo Barrios Jr. It is described as a modern day retelling of the Zorro mythology that follows Z, a female descendant of the warrior bloodline who will go to great lengths to protect the defenseless in her community. So what year are we talking? Like, are, what do they tell you kind of what the year they're going to be? Like, is it today? Like 2019? Uh, that's what I'm assuming. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Cause I, then it, it doesn't sound super. If you're dealing with a descendant from the warrior bloodline, it sounds like they're shooting a hundred years into the future, yeah, or more. I, you're talking 2019. I don't know how that's going to play out. <laughs> it's going to feel like that shitty Sherlock Holmes TV series that was all contemporary. If you remember that with Lucy Liu, that was on the air for ten years. Oh yeah, yep, yep. It's just, it's gonna like I don't know. I really don't know because look at Sherlock Holmes on BBC. If I don't know if you watched that, that's we series, just finished it. <laughs> okay. Dude, that's an amazing TV show. You're awesome. talking with Kevin uh, Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Yeah. Y yes. I loved it. Wanted more. Dude. It's an amazing show. And that was contemporary, but it was also written by very extremely intelligent writers. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing I, you know, sometimes, especially with, the BBC version, and mm -hmm. I'm only saying this to to add a point here, is it was cool. They added a lot of yes, they had it, the writing was fantastic, but visually it was stunning too. There was things going on um, during it that you're like, oh, this is really cool. You know, it's not like the old Sherlock Holmes and stuff like that. <clears throat> And if they do that, if they kind of make it kind of cool to it, you know, maybe it'll be interesting enough to bring everybody in. But it sounds like there's not very good writers. It sounds like from you that this new Zorro isn't going to have that. It just it doesn't seem. I mean, that, the synopsis sure doesn't sound good. No, I mean, I don't want to perpetuate you know mexican stereotypes but if this was in like a a rural town in mexico and it had like a robert rodriguez flair then it could work you know you gotta have those western vibes you gotta have that south of the border western vibe otherwise 
what's the point of attaching the name Zorro on the title of this TV show unless it's to do one thing, to sell tickets, essentially. Hey, watch our show. And that's only going to work so much. Most people are going to be like, hmm, this isn't Zorro. Yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling this is going to... Because if it's in 2019, I mean, when you're going to whip out a sword, aren't people just going to giggle? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is she going to have a sword? It's not. I don't even think it's going to be truly Zorro. She's going to be like a police officer. It's probably going to be like a procedural. This is going to air on NBC. It's being produced by CBS TV studios, but it's going to air on NBC. So this is going to be a primetime television show on Tuesday or Thursday nights, and it's going to be a, a police procedural and they're going to try to find a way to make it interesting and and innervate the Zorro mythos into this character. It's going to be a gimmick. It isn't going to be a true Zorro TV sure. show. It's going to be a gimmick. That's going to uh, And who doesn't need another police show? <laughs> or emergency room show. Exactly. I mean Jesus. Yeah. All right, so on to better news. Ethan Hawke <laughs> top lines abolitionist Abolishness? Is that I said? Yeah. Abolishness, the Good Lord Bird limited series for Showtime, Anthony Hemingway directing. Now, this was sent to me by you, and mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very happy with this bit of news because, as we know, we are, as of late, Clint, you and I are big, big Ethan Hawk fans. Now, I've been an Ethan Hawk fan for probably about 15 years, but even more so lately. Now that he has uh, gotten the the little Western addiction, he, he's he, good at it. Yes, he seems to be. <laughs> he seems to have really found his groove within Westerns. And over the last what four years, he's managed to find himself starring in a Western film at least once a year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he has. He realized that people dig it, and he obviously enjoys himself. When he's doing these, uh, but now he's going to be in yet another pre-Civil War Western. And it sounds like this could be the thing that we were actually bitching about just at the top of the show. Why aren't these streaming services? Why aren't these premium cable channels taking advantage of of the Western? Well, here we go. Now, I don't know how Western this will be in terms of the classic archetypes, like shoot them up, pulling guns out. But it is pre-Civil War, which I call a pre-Civil War Western. Ethan Hawke and Jason Blum are certainly going to have some the good Lord bird to talk about today, according to South by Southwest. Now that Showtime has officially ordered the limited series. So he's working with um, with Blum again. Which is the guy that has produced the last two Westerns he was in. Good. Oh, I'd say this sounds even better now. Yeah, I was going to say, I I have not disliked the last two that they've done together, so I'm excited. Yeah, so his deal having just closed, uh, multiple Oscar nominee Hawk will play pivotal, pivotal 19th century abolitionist. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Ab- yeah. Why, is that not, why does that not sound right? Abolishness. We'll play pivotal 19th century abolitionist John Brown in the Blumhouse TV eight parter. So it will be eight episodes. Cool. I'm jealous of his beard. Dude, that's a nice fucking beard. I mean, come on. In that promo pick it's that all, they dropped. It's gray and gray and shit. It looks looks like he's just been 
beat or you know weather beaten and shit. I love it. Well, that's Ethan Hawke's look now too. He sometimes wrinkles are awful looking, but the wrinkles he's got, fuck, dude, I'm jealous. I when I start wrinkling, <laughs> I better start aging like him. Like he's weren't, got. Some, weren't you just complaining about a month or two ago about one or two gray hairs in your beard? Listen, I don't want to get there. I don't want gray. I don't want wrinkles. But when I get them, at least let me look cool. Sure. Let me have some cool wrinkles, please. Right. Thank you, gray, God. Your yes or no? What his gray beard? No, your your gray beard. Uh, I'm probably gonna dye my gray beard. Oh, I gotta look good for the ladies. Okay, I yeah. gotcha. The youngins. I mean, you no know, mid twenty year old. <laughs> How young you going? Well, I'm, I'm listen. Like a forty year old <laughs> woman will probably be just fine. But if I'm trying to go for like like thirties, they're gonna they're gonna look like gray beard. What are you, fucking Santa? Well, they they probably see stability and maybe penchant coming. You know, <laughs> you know, they you, they say, hey baby, you got that ARP card? <laughs> yeah, that's, God, you're so that's supposed to make me feel better. Well, you know, <laughs> at least you she might think you have a pension coming. Yeah, she's like money. That's a whole new level you could, of gold digger go, right there. You could go to Perkins or one of them restaurants and go on that, possibly that 55 and under, or over <laughs> menu. Cheap. Oh, he could get discounts. <laughs> yeah. He could get senior discounts. Yeah. Can you give me some of them, that drug card? Yeah. You just made me a lot more depressed. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, I've already been struggling since I turned 40 last month, and now that just made it worse. <laughs> so that's what's been going on. That, so stupid. That, oh my god i turned 40 now i got a gray hair it's not a gray hair my whole entire <laughs> beard is just fucking white dude <laughs> oh shit that's funny all, all right so the good lord bird the series is based on the 2013 novel the same name by james mcbride the national book award for fiction winner is told as a memoir of an enslaved teen the story follows henry shackleford a uh, little onion as he joins up with the br- with Brown during the tense, bleeding Kansas era before the Civil War and has encounters with history and historical figures like Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman. Oh, wow. There's a lot to be happy about. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited for this quite a bit. Now, Clint, are you a Cowboy Bebop fan? That's anime, isn't it? Yeah, that's anime. Yeah, no. So you've never heard of it. Oh, you've heard of it, just no, never I've watched heard it. Of it. Yeah, I I couldn't really uh, digest it. <laughs> Did you ever try watching it? Yeah, it wasn't. Um, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, I I can understand. I mean, anime definitely requires a, a very distinct taste and entertainment i know a lot of people who dig it yeah it's very popular especially over the last eight nine years it's really grown in popularity thanks to streaming services like netflix and hulu that are now carrying you know libraries of classic anime i think the last thing i watched that i actually really enjoyed was the ninja scrolls oh there you go that's a good one that's a good one to like and i think i tried to go into like is it how do you say it? Galigolo 13? I think so, yeah. And it was a little tough. So there's different there's different styles to it, and sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss on those. 
Well, that's exactly the best way to explain anime, at least for me, because I I consider myself an anime fan, uh, but I have a late love hate relationship because for every great anime series or anime film, there's about 20 or 30 horrible ones. And when I say horrible, they're just not my cup of tea. They're very silly. So it is hard to find really good ones. But when you do hold on to that, <laughs> uh, Cowboy Bebop, I've enjoyed when I was a kid, you know, when it originally aired, I believe in the 90s, it was fine. I enjoyed it. Um, but that being said, they are remaking this anime as a live action live action series on Netflix. And that has given me hope that this will be a new way to bring the sci-fi Western back to, I should say to Netflix because we don't really have anything like that as we were saying. So Cowboy Bebop Netflix series shuts down production. That's a negative for seven to nine months following star John Cho on set injury. Cowboy Bebop is going on a lengthy hiatus following a knee injury sustained by lead John Cho on the set of the show in New Zealand. Now, John Cho has an interesting pick for the lead before this had gone to Netflix. It was in developmental hell for many, many, many years. At one point, Keanu Reeves was attached to play the lead and it was going to be a feature film. Hmm. I think, in my opinion, it would have been probably would have made a hell of a lot more money than the Netflix series will end up bringing in. But for whatever reason, it has been turned into a Netflix series and John Cho is now the lead. But there has been a delay due to his injury. Sources describe the injury as a freak accident that happened on the last take of a very routine and well-rehearsed scene almost two weeks ago. It required surgery for which Cho has been flown back to Los Angeles and is now going to be part of an extensive rehabilitation program. Cowboy Bebop is an adaptation of the cult Japanese animated series. Uh, was a few episodes into production on its 10 episode order when the accident happened. I don't know. Are you willing to give this one a shot, Clint? Because it's live action and it's not going to be, say, as silly as the anime itself, I'm sure they're going to get rid of some of those more immature aspects and bring a more mature element to it. Are you willing to give Cowboy Bebop a chance as live action? If I can see Summer of Love, I probably could give this a chance. (laughs) I think it's going to be good. There's an interesting flair to Cowboy Bebop, and if people are open-minded, not like Clint, definitely check (laughs) it out. Search it up. There are a lot of great scenes and action sequences it isn't a straight up western but there are definitely western nods throughout i mean you gotta kind of have to with a title like cowboy bebop gotta have at least a cowboy hat in it right yeah well come on what is this dark tower no fucking cowboy hat (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah what a piece of shit yeah let's not talk about that because that'll also put me i'm very negative this show so I mean, I hate fucking Zorro CBS show. Now we're bringing up Dark Tower, the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Wouldn't even wipe my ass with it. Oh, my God. It's awful. Let me let me collect myself now. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So Walker, Texas Ranger is getting the reboot, the reboot treatment. And it has a lot of Chuck Norris purists up in arms. I don't think anyone has been celebrating this reboot. <laughs> now, were you a Walker, Texas Ranger guy or no? Uh, no, I kind of came off of his uh, missing in action days of kind of the Rambo era, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and stuff. Uh, so I didn't really, when he kind of moved to that Texas, that, I don't know what you'd call it, the TV series. I just kind of, I didn't care. Yeah. I, I, I missed the M60 in his hand and saving POWs and stuff like that. Yeah, the Walker Texas Ranger series ran from 93 to 2001. I had wow. no idea it went into 2001. Holy crap. I did watch a few years in the early years, obviously, when I was a teenager in the early 90s because of my grandfather and grandmother wanted to go visit them. They would watch the hell out of that show. But that's the only reason why I really watched the show. It just wasn't my thing. I think it was definitely not targeting my demo at the time. You know, 12, 13-year-olds, they're just, that's just, I I was not their demo. (laughs) Uh, But there's a lot of people up in arms. However, I mean, it's Walker, Texas Ranger. Let's be honest. It was never groundbreaking. And I know I'm probably going to get some people throwing their headphones or unsubscribing to our show if they're a huge (laughs) Walker, Texas Ranger fan. Band, but it isn't necessarily a groundbreaking show. I think what made it so interesting, to be honest with you, was the fact that Chuck Norris, a megastar, was attached to it at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the 90s, Chuck Norris was huge. And for him to be put into a TV show, that's unheard of. That's unheard of. Usually back now it's different. But back then, a megastar like that, when they go to TV, they go there to die and, be, and, and slip into obscurity. <laughs> And yet he managed to create this TV show that was ripping up the ratings. It had so many people watching. It was a hit. But the TV show itself, the stories, the script, I mean, it's it's run of the mill programming. What made it interesting was him as an actor being involved in it. The fact that he, you know, the fact that they really played up the slow motion martial arts. That's what made it interesting that was the draw that he was in it but now they're rebooting this with an actor from the tv show supernatural which i am a fan of of him and that show jared padalecki uh yes jared padalecki will be playing the lead in the reboot or reimagining of walker texas ranger Hmm. which to me doesn't make a lot of sense why don't you just If you're not going to have a martial arts angle, which, again, is the reason why Walker, Texas Ranger was successful, was because Chuck Norris's involvement. Why not just make this show a. A cop show in Texas and not call it Walker, Texas Ranger doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's not like it's a Star Wars brand or a Star Trek brand or even a Lonesome Lonesome Dove series. Like that would make sense. But Walker, Texas Ranger really isn't a brand. It isn't a franchise. It's a TV show that was only popular because of its single lead, Chuck Norris. Do you think they're going to do a handoff? Chuck oh, Norris? You, like maybe you know? a, 
Oh, possibly. You maybe someone related to him. Maybe like this is his son or grandson. Right. You know, a, just kind of go kinda on like the son. Zorro, you know, bloodline. Yeah, possibly that may. I mean, they're not necessarily calling it a reboot. They are calling it a reimagining. Hmm. So, yeah. So following his 15 year run of the CW series, Padalecki will executive produce and star in Walker, a reimagining of Walker, Texas Ranger. Joining him are executive producers and Frick, Dan Lynn, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So CBS is currently shopping the series with the CW already emerging as the front runner. And this is, this article is a bit dated. Uh, I believe the CW actually picked it up. So we'll see. I'm definitely curious to see how it turns out. And if, because it is Walker, Texas Ranger, will this have Western tones? I think if they do, if they try to make this a bit of a Western in some way, I think they could have a successful series on their hands. Sure. Well, and just remember, when you do retire from being a Texas Ranger, you end up judging dodgeball contests. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And give the thumbs up, right? Yeah. That's right. Thank, Look at you. Thank you, Chuck Norris. I don't think that's what he says, but. <laughs> All right. So to, to round out our discussions, I have a list of five upcoming Western projects that do pique my interest. Number one is East of Yuma. East of Yuma set to release in 2019. I'm assuming within the next six weeks. Unless it's been pushed back. Sure. East of Yuma is a Western action drama film starring Sarah Minnick and Thad Turner and Gary Colombo. I have no idea who any of those actors are. Uh, the film is adapted from a book of the same name by the American author DJ Duncan East of Yuma. I have heard of the book and it mm. follows the story of the Marshal of Yuma, Jesse Cranston, who decides that he cannot continue fighting dangerous criminals throughout his life and needs to find something else to do in life. Thus, he decides to quit his job and retire to his uncle's ranch. But peace is something that doesn't go well with Cranston. When his uncle's found murder, Cranston takes it upon himself to teach the perpetrators in a language they understand well. That is a fucking played out concept. I was just going to say, I, I'm over here going, we've heard this yeah, a lot. That doesn't look very interesting or sound very interesting. It just seems played out. And I understand that every single story has pretty much been produced, directed, written. However, it does rely on how it's executed. But that just doesn't really sound all that. Let's hope they change it when it comes out. Yeah, we'll see. The next one, and this is a big one that a lot of us are excited for. This is the one that will be directed by Mel Gibson. We keep hearing a lot about this, but nothing concrete in the way of story and or release date. And that is The Wild Bunch. Mm -hmm. This is the controversial film, even way back in 1969, that was directed by bloody Sam Peckinpah. And they have managed to woo Mel Gibson over. It was actually announced in 2018. So we have now gone a full year since that news. Mm. Did you notice that? That it's been a year since this was announced? Over a year? It just seems like the last update. 
Yeah, that's strange. That's very strange that we have not heard anything else. I got to think that they're working on this, though. His version of the film seems to be interesting um, with his choice of actors. And I. Two of them, I don't really get. <laughs> but this is Tom is, Hanks. <laughs> so dumb. But this is Mel Gibson. And Mel Gibson is an amazing director. His version of the film is set to star Jamie Foxx, Michael Fassbender, and Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Why do I know that? He's uh, been very famous of late. He was in Game of Thrones. He's the little person in Game of Thrones, who is arguably the main star, the main lead in Game of Thrones. So it's going to be pretty tough to reach that Gatling gun. Oh, come on. Can you help me out here? Hey, can you help me out here? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. I can visualize that. He's going to shoot people on the kneecaps. <laughs> Man, he thought I was bad. He's not going to be able to reach for the sky, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Try not to laugh. It ain't gonna work. You think people will shoot right over him? I'm just <laughs> just saying. <laughs> they get their range. <laughs> so dumb. Um. <laughs> well, he could probably scare people at high noon with a shadow. They may think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh okay, God. that's enough jokes. Yeah, but we gotta stop. We gotta stop because I'm gonna be thinking about that. <laughs> Shooting over Forgetting every asshole comment we just made. Peter Dinklage is honestly probably the best actor out of that group. You don't think Jamie Foxx? I I'm I don't di- I'm not a big Jamie Foxx guy. It, but but you didn't like him in Django? No. Oh, I, I liked that movie. I liked the Django film, but I I I can take it. I can take him or leave him. Like I don't okay. hate him. And the other one was Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. He's the oh, new he's Magneto a, in the X Men films, and he's been in a Inglorious Bastards Tarantino's yeah, film. I, that one's that one's a little. It's not as. It's, let's face it, it's not as different. As weird as the. He's more expected. Is yeah, that, is that what you're trying to say? He's more expected. Yeah, I mean, you've got yeah. a the little guy in there that I don't know. I'll tell you what, it's going to be interesting how they make that fit into the film. And I'm okay with that. Again, I would be a little worried if it was any other director, but Mel Gibson isn't going to fuck around. It'd be interesting to see the guy jump on a horse. That's what I was thinking. Well, he'll need, you know, a booster. (laughs) A booster? (laughs) Is he going to be able to order whiskey at the bar? (laughs) (laughs) They'll be like, no, kid, here's your milk. (laughs) Let's see some ID there, son. Yeah. Uh, That's fucked up. All right. So this is the only one that I'm not too excited for. (laughs) Young Guns. Yeah. They're remaking it, Clint. Did you know this? You know, uh, here's the thing. (laughs) Don't you say it. (laughs) No, I, I'm kind I know I haven't. Do you have the cast? No, there's no, okay. the there's thing no is, cast is, attached yet. I, I'm really tired <laughs> of reboots. 
you know, because it's, it's, I think you and I have discussed this. It's lazy as far as there's no real writing out there anymore. Yeah. You can watch Young Guns today and be just as entertained. It's not dated. What? It's not dated. No, because it's, it's one of the, it's one of the most fun Westerns you'll ever see. Emilio Estevez playing Billy the Kid, you're not going to go wrong. The thing that I don't like is that they're just grabbing shit that we liked back in the day and rebooting it. Now, the Wild Bunch... Why not just do a a series or a a film about Billy the Kid? Why call it Young Guns? Exactly. Or or do something that... Just don't call it Young Guns. I mean, just surprise me and make me angry when I watch it and go, God damn it, this was (laughs) Young Guns. You know what I mean? They're not even letting me get to the theater on it yet. I, I don't... I just... I don't think you can remake that and make me happy with it. No, you know, because you know what I mean? if you watch Young Guns, it isn't just a good Western. It's an excellent film. Yes. It's very well directed, has great acting. There's a story with emotion and heart. There's true character motivation. It's a very well crafted story, period. So if they're going to remake this, you better not make it. Like this recent Charlie's Angel reboot. Oh, yeah. And then it just bombs and slips into obscurity. If you're going to do this, let's do it right. Have we ever, like, reviewed, even reviewed Young Guns? No, because if you you notice, I try to stay away from the movies I really love when it comes to reviewing them. Oh, I I understand it's it's tough. But it's, it's one of those that I think... I mean, obviously, I by us just talking, you know, we're gonna just be fanboy and right. all over that film anyway. And like you said, you've got the cast, you've got the great story, you have shoot 'em ups, but it's not overkill like other films we've seen. And that's yeah. the problem with a lot of films today. Everything's got to be fast and and explosions, and you know, you didn't get that a lot. With young guns, you had really cool gun tricks and stuff like that. It wasn't over the top stuff. And I, I'm afraid that's what the young guns will be if they remake it. They'll do what they did with the Magnificent Seven. Right. You know, and, and just that, make it a that's straight unfortunate. up. Yeah, and just make it a straight up popcorn flick with not a lot of heart or or meat or substance, I should yep. say. And I'm, you know, my parents took me to Young Guns in a theater. It was kind of like the first adult film that I got to see. And when they come up on the screen and they they just light it up with that cool shadow and the they're you're looking at all their faces and then they just open up with their guns in the theater as a I forgot how old I was, but as a little kid, that was fucking amazing. Yeah. You're not going to get that anymore. You're not going to get that feeling. That we had back then with that type of film. And unfortunately with the Young Guns, if they're trying to reboot it, just don't. (laughs) Yeah, and there are reports saying that this film will be relying heavily on a big cast. Which would make sense if you're dealing with with this particular property. But they are allegedly, the studio, are looking for big names as well. 
which makes me feel like because that's their focus, which I understand they have to put asses in seats. You got to have mm-hmm. those those faces. But it makes me feel like they are possibly going to do a whole magnificent seven thing. Like, uh-huh. hey, let's how many famous people that are popular right now uh, can we fit into this film? Right now, will I go see it? More than likely, just so I can come back and talk to you and we can be pissed off about it. But I will go see it in the theater if it comes out in the theater. Now, the next one sounds very interesting to me. I recently stumbled upon this because it was recommended on my comic book subscription that I have through Comixology. And it's written, or I should say published by an by a pretty reputable and distinguished comic book publishing company, Image. Mm. And it's called Cow. Cowboy Ninja Viking. This <laughs> Can we would throw be any more in there. I, I know this would be straight up weird West. I have not had a chance to go through the pages yet, but I did add it to my list. And it's, it's so funny how all these things kind of just happen at once. I've, I've not heard of this until recently. And then as I'm adding this comic book, this graphic novel to my list of, of reads, suddenly I see Cowboy Ninja Viking as an upcoming Western as well. A movie. Allegedly, Chris Pratt is attached to this. Chris Pratt. I like Chris Pratt. I do too. The dude is as charismatic as hell. He definitely has that leading man swagger. He puts asses in seats. He's likable on screen. So he has everything we need to make this successful. And I'm telling you now, Clint... This is their chance to finally bring the weird West to the mainstream. How many times have we discussed this, that every time Hollywood attempts to do a weird West, they fuck it up. Mm -hmm. They fuck it up every single time. But with Chris Pratt attached, he usually picks decent projects for the most part to be attached to. That being said, I do have high hopes for this to be that weird West that finally breaks through to the mainstream. I'll have to check out that comic. Yeah, I added it to our list of discussions. We'll probably we'll probably get to it eventually here. So this highly anticipated genre mashup film was announced to be releasing in a summer of 2019. That has not happened. The film is an adaptation of the Image Comics limited series of the same name, Centering around a character called Duncan, who serves as a member of the counterintelligence agency comprising of agents suffering from multiple personality disorder. Duncan has three alternating personalities, that of a ninja, a cowboy, and a Viking soldier. <laughs> well, if anything, it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be a straight up Western in terms of uh, uh, period. It's not going to be a period piece. This is a contemporary story. It takes place in our time. But that doesn't mean you can't have Western swagger, especially when you're dealing with a character called Cowboy Ninja Viking. So I'm looking forward to that. But this does conclude our discussion this week on Weird West Radio, where we gave you all the updates on the upcoming movies and TV shows relating to the Western genre. Any final things you want to say, Clint? Any shout outs? Any birthdays out there? <laughs> no, the only thing I was going to mention, and I know you've talked about it on, I think, the Back to Tank and uh-huh. uh, on the Star Wars and all this, mm-hmm. but the Mandalorian is fucking fantastic. In really? My eyes. You, you enjoy it? I'm, I, 
I I enjoyed Solo. Oh yeah, Solo was awesome. And you and I have talked about that because it's it's a Western set in that world. Absolutely. And uh, I watched. I think I'm on my second viewing of both episodes already on the mm-hmm. Mandalorian, just because I think it's that cool. And uh, if anybody's a Western fan and not so much like myself, wasn't a Star Wars fan, I think you're going to find it very entertaining if you see it, if you watch it. Yeah, we covered it on our Star Wars discussion, David and I, which is another host on our network here. We're covering it weekly on the Bacta tank. But um, yeah, we probably will bring it up here and there during our Weird West discussions. You and I might even do, uh, I was planning a discussion on a one and done breakdown of the entire season from a Western aspect. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's, it's just very fun. So if anybody it, it is, it is, I have my problems. The second episode I thought was excellent. I thought it was pretty fucking good. First episode. I felt like they were trying really hard, like to be a Western, like, Hey guys, a Western, this is a Western. Look, Hey guys, well, see, he's taming it, the horse. Well, and for me, I think that's a great way to bring someone in who may or may not be uh, a a fan of that genre. But it was very, it it got my attention. I don't usually watch stuff twice, and I'm on my second viewing of both, or I've already watched both episodes twice, so I I enjoy it. There's a little Leone zinger in there, like meaning uh, Leone and Marconi zinger, like the Mandalorian's theme. Uh, oh yeah, there's a wah wah wah. It's very, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. It's good. They, I'm hoping it gets better and better. It is directed and written for, I should say, written by John Favreau, and yeah. Favreau is a Western fan. He's also the director that did Cowboys and Aliens, which that movie had its ups and downs. Yeah. I enjoyed it for for the most part. The only thing that I would say is it, it should probably. I hope it gets a little more. Uh, not heartfelt, but get a little more into the Mandalorian more or something. substance because I, yeah, more substance. Cause yeah. I really don't need a, a ton of, I love shoot 'em ups. I love that whole thing, but if they keep doing that, you're going to lose my interest real quick, but that's yeah. about it. That's all I had that's, to say about that. No, that's actually a pretty good little review there because I actually agree with that. I think for the opening episodes, the shoot 'em up action has worked fine, but eventually we're going to have to get into the, the story of the show. Otherwise we're just going to be like, "Mm, okay, we've seen that before. Now we need a reason to continue to watch. Yeah. And we're Western guys. If it's, if it's purposeful, is that right? Yeah. Um, If it means something to have the shootout, which you're going to have to have, I I dig it, but I don't need it in every episode because we've only got, what are they only like 30 some minutes? Yeah. 40 minutes. You know, you got to get to it. You got to get to the 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 structure of it or the the heartfelt part of it because after a while, I've I can watch something else that has less blow em ups. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All, All right. right, I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of Weird West Radio. Please find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Just search Weird West Radio. Thank you, Clint. Thank you, Michael. And good night. Or said he be taken from such prison to a suitable and convenient place of execution within said county and there be hanged by the neck till he be dead, dead, dead. Now, do you have anything to say, young man? Yes, Your Honor, I do.
You can go to hell, hell, hell. <laughs>